Our latest installment of Broadcasters Talking Baseball. I'm joined by the third-year radio voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen. And, uh, Alex, where would the I-Cubs – first of all, thank you for joining us. So where would the I-Cubs be tonight? The I-Cubs would be at home. Uh, we would be at home at Principal Park. It's 65 degrees and a perfect night for baseball. So that's a, that's, that's a punch to the ribs right there. But, no, they, they'd be at home right now and uh, just enjoying some baseball in, in the middle of May. Yeah, and you know we, the Fresno team hasn't visited uh, Iowa uh, since 2017. Uh, you and I have never seen each other in Des Moines. Nope. Uh, sorry to say, it's probably not going to happen uh, this year. Even if there are games, the rumor going around is that there'd be no interconference. I don't want to speak that there'll be no minor league baseball. That I obviously have no idea, but I have heard that the likelihood of interleague or interconference play uh, probably won't happen if there is a uh, a minor league season. Uh, but uh, it's always one of the popular places for people to come. And I've always considered Des Moines an underrated uh, stop. You know, you, you hear so much about Beale Street in Memphis or Broadway in Nashville, um, you know, or the, you know, Sacramento, of course, with Old Town. But Des Moines, that's baseball. I mean, it's, it's Iowa. It's Field of Dreams. It's the Bob Feller Museum. It's the I-Cubs. It's d- downtown stadium. Uh, it's just such a fun atmosphere. And I always uh, love coming to Iowa, and I think most of the broadcasters do too. It, it's a lot of fun. I mean, just being there for now my third year, you really get to appreciate what baseball has meant to the Des Moines community for you know, five decades, but you know, with the Chicago Cubs the, uh, for, for three decades. And just going to a game at Principal Park on a Friday night <laughs> with – uh, the Capitol in the background and just seeing the sunset, fireworks, 10,000 people. You, you hit the nail right on the head, Doug. It, it, it's what baseball is supposed to be like. And that's the feel at Principal Park. And yeah, I might be biased, but it's one of my favorite, favorite atmospheres in the PCL. Yeah. And I mean, you think of the I-Cubs, you think of, you know, Sam Burnaby, of course, and uh, obviously your partner, Dean Ellis. Uh, and we're going to have Dean on. Dean doesn't know that yet. I haven't invited him on yet, but I have a pretty good feeling he'll agree to join us. Uh, what is that like getting a chance to work with Dean? I mean, he's such a legend of our in our league, and uh, uh, I always love my visits with Dean, uh, but you're around him just about every day, at least at home games, uh, what it's like to, to strap on the microphone with him. I mean, he's an institution here in Des Moines. I mean, you, you could go around town, and all he needs to do is just – uh, say a sentence and people will say you're, you know, you're Dean Ellis, you know, you're the voice of the I-Cubs and uh, he, he's just such a, a well-liked broadcaster but also just such a, a well-liked person. He's one of the most genuinely nice, uh, considerate, popular individuals uh, that I've ever met and he's just been so gracious sharing the booth with me. I mean, he's an encyclopedia of baseball. He's been calling professional baseball for you know, just around four decades. He's been in Des Moines for over three decades. And you know, Dean, you know, throughout our, our broadcast over the last two years, I mean, we have trivia, we have the same baseball history. He does whatever he, he needs to do to be able to stump me on air. We just have a lot of fun with that. Um, it's been really enjoyable being able to develop our chemistry on air. And, and we're just hoping to have you know, year number three underway somewhat soon so we can do it all over again. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I first met Dean uh, back in 1997, or actually it was 1998. I was broadcasting independent league baseball in Lafayette, Louisiana, but we didn't start till mid-May. So the uh, I-Cubs had a series uh, against the Zephyrs, as they were known then, over in New Orleans and drove over and uh, met Dean and uh, very, very gracious and uh, uh, did uh, – uh, even though I, I didn't do play-by-play for the 2014 AAA All-Star game, Patrick Keenis, Durham, and Dean – 
did the play-by-play, but I did the sideline. And it was fun uh, because Dean and I had never really worked together. It was only one game, but it was fun doing the preparation with him because as a sideline reporter, you still got to know the the background of the players and what you want to talk about. And I remember sitting there between Patrick, who's been at it for a long time, has been also a longtime friend, um, and uh, Dean. I'm, I'm thinking, man, this is really cool. To, to be involved with a broadcast setup with guys like Patrick and Dean. Yeah, that have been doing it for, I mean, I think Patrick's been doing it for now three decades and Dean's been doing it longer than that. So, no, Dean is just, uh, again, he, he's what baseball in Iowa should sound like. You sit back in your chair, you're on the porch, you're drinking a beverage, the sun is setting, and you're just able to relax, close your eyes, and picture how baseball is being played at Principal Park with the voice of Dean Ellis. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to be able to share the booth with them. We really enjoy each other and yeah, have a good time on air. Yeah. And I mean, your, your setup's great because you have the, the team hotel is pretty much in the right field parking lot. Um, it's an easy walk to get a lot of food. The, the uh, Miller High Life Lounge is right down the block. Indeed, I, I love yeah. eating there. They, they might have the best French fries, by the way, in the Pacific Coast League. Good French uh, fries, good tater tots, and a good tenderloin. Well, that, yeah, and uh, uh, I'll tell you, the other place I love going in Des Moines um, is the deli at High V at the, <laughs> at the supermarket there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about a food court within a supermarket, and High V pretty much is a Nebraska-Iowa uh, institution. Most people around the country, you know, they come out to the West Coast. People want to go to In-N-Out Burger. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go to, you know, Memphis uh, or Nashville, want to get barbecue, or if that's not open, you go to the Waffle House or the Cracker Barrel, but in Des Moines, you know, I, I want to go to the high V. Yeah. It's uh for the California people. It's like Kroger with no pun intended on steroids. It's just, it's Kroger, <laughs> but a little bit bigger and, and, and some more, you know, live stuff to eat. But uh, yeah, I mean the high V downtown court Avenue, uh, it, it's a nice area just to walk around and get a bite to eat. I mean, as you said, Des Moines is such an underrated town. It's one of the top 10 largest growing, you know, metropolis areas or metropolitan areas. Um, in the country. So, I mean, a lot of people are moving here. Uh, it's a young crowd. It's just out of college, downtown, and then families uh, in, in suburbs like Ankeny and Urbandale. I mean, it's a really nice place to live. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to get the job with the I-Cubs back in 2017 and, and being with an organization like this during uh, during a tough time. I mean, they treat their employees really well. And, you know, I'm honored to be a member of the Iowa Cubs front office staff. Yeah, it's, as I said, always a great staff. I've known Randy Wayhofer for a long time. The a uh, person whom uh, you succeed and Randy's still involved uh, as an assistant general manager, Shelby Cravens, who you work with on the, uh, when you, when you switch hats to work on the media relations side, she's tremendous, does a great job there. And it's always a, a fun place, a, a great, uh, great setup for food and uh, all that. I don't mean just uh, out of the ballpark, but your, your press box meals. And <laughs> I've always kidded that Des Moines, the only place in the Pacific coast league that I can get in the press box, cherry Coke, so that's always a, a big deal to uh, yeah the, yeah to, to uh, give the credit to uh, Scott Sailor, the uh, former communications director and the uh, Iowa Cubs utility man. He he stocks the fridge with the uh, perfect array of sodas. I mean, you like the cherry coke soda? Why? I'm a big Fresca guy as well, and he likes to get Fresca. So those are my two favorite sodas. And uh, and, and Scott is responsible for keeping the press box and myself in, included uh, just filled to the brim of caffeine. So I appreciate that. Yeah, well, that's in Scott. I know he's been there a long time uh, as well. So uh, this time of year, uh, now a lot of the guys in our league, uh, you know, the Tim Grubbs and the Jeff Hims and uh, Tim Haggerty's are chasing little ones around the house. Uh, 
you're chasing a dog around the house, I, I understand. And uh, Jax, the pit bull, is keeping you busy. Yes. So uh, my girlfriend and I have been sheltering in place here in Iowa for the last two months. Uh, my girlfriend lives in your neck of the woods, Dougie, uh, out in uh, San Francisco. But, yeah, she's been here the last two months, and we fostered uh, a pit bull on March 19th. His name is Jax. He's two and a half years old. Um, and aside from the occasional rolling in his own poop and uh, getting skunked, um, he's just been you know, a real breath of fresh air and they've actually lost 10 pounds since uh, sheltering in place and quarantining because we walk him so much and the weather's been so nice out here in Des Moines. I take a two and a half mile walk with him in the morning and then a two and a half mile walk with him in the evening. So he's really helped my cardiovascular exercise. So I could thank Jax for that. But, you know, just sheltering a dog and, and it really allows the time to pass during a time, Doug, that we're used to being so busy. It's the middle of May. This is a time that we're really getting into the crunch of baseball season and we're finally finding our rhythm on air and we're either stuck in an eight game homestand or an eight game road trip and it finally feels like we're in the rhythm of baseball season now we're being effectively thrown a curveball so this is how i'm dealing with my curveball and you know having jackson tessa here has been great zoom calls with my family and friends uh just trying to take uh one day at a time and stay busy we're with alex cohen uh, radio play-by-play voice of the iowa cubs and uh, so you're staying busy uh, in that way, but uh, uh, you're also keeping busy uh, work-related. I know I'm, I'm guessing you, you can't go in the office, but what are you able to do work-related from home? So uh, with the Iowa Cubs, I also uh, am a sales executive and also uh, I'm on the team travel committee. So just trying to you know, see you know, what dates of our schedule would be coming up and making sure that you know, we cancel our re- reservations, unfortunately. But fortunately, looking at this summer, trying to make sure that our travel reservations are still intact uh, if we do have baseball. So just keeping tabs on that. Uh, I have you know, 35, 36 sales clients making sure that you know, if they have any questions, they can call me. Um, and then working on you know, social media stuff with the Iowa Cubs, with Shelby, with our director of creative services, Justin Walters. Uh, I've gotten into uh, the rhythm of broadcasting Sunday night baseball games uh, of MLB The Show simulations for the Iowa Cubs. And we have them uh, on Facebook Live. And we get you know, 8,000, 7,000, 6,000 listeners every Sunday night watching me broadcast uh, a simulation of a video game of the Iowa Cubs. That's how much our fans and really everybody is star for baseball at this point. So when baseball does come back, and it will eventually, I can't wait to see all the fans coming out to the ballpark and just having a good time. So the, uh, the simulated games, now usually our games, our real games go about three hours. Uh, how about the simulated games? Can you do it in about 15 minutes? Not quite 15 minutes. Our shortest was an hour and four minutes, and our longest was an hour and 45 minutes. So the hour and four minutes, by the end of the broadcast, my mouth is drier than the Sahara Desert because there's no commercial breaks, there's no pitching changes, uh, there's no inning breaks, and yet you're really coughing up dust by the end of that. But, you know, an hour, 45-minute game. Yeah, Doug, you and I have called a game. And not just not together, but I'm sure we have called a game, you know, a seven inning game that goes an hour and 30 minutes, a nine inning game that's gone. I won't go sub two hours, but 210, 220, that's quick. So an hour, 45 minute simulation kind of feels like you know, a minor league baseball game that just so happens to go quickly in real time. Yeah. So with a simulated game, can you make the rules? Do you, can you, uh, yeah, sound effects or, Um, I cannot. It's the sound effects of a video game, but our director of creative services, Justin, he does the simulation. So that is well above my pay grade. I just, I just call the games, Doug. (laughs) All right. Well, you can add that to the list because 
you're a worldwide baseball guy, and, and I think you've done more games, more baseball games on continents that uh, just about anybody has. You've yeah. done games in Australia. You've done them in South America. You've done them in Asia. Am I missing Europe? I know they're they're into baseball, but no, you, no. So okay. you, you hit the nail on the head. I've done games in uh, Australia, as you said, in 2014. Been lucky enough to get some work with the WBSC, which is the World Baseball Softball Confederation. Uh, called the last two Premier 12s. Uh, the first one I did the regional round in Taiwan. And then this past year did it in Taiwan and Japan. And I was in South America last year for the U23. So just trying to get stamps on my passport and, and really understand that baseball is not just America's <coughs> pastime. It's also a global game. And, and broadcasting a game in the Tokyo Dome in Japan this past fall, that proved it to me. You have 47,000 fans screaming for three and a half hours, having coordinated chance for every single individual player. Um, it's a really unique baseball experience, not just in Asia, but also everywhere across the globe. I mean, they love the sport. I mean, it's not just America. It's everywhere else as well. Yeah, what a tremendous experience. Uh, where were you in Australia? Because I know you did the uh, Australian uh, Baseball League. I did. Uh, in 2014, I was with the Melbourne Aces. So uh, I was able to broadcast uh, 26 games for them in 2014. And uh, I actually knew the broadcaster there previously, Craig Durham. I worked with him in the Southern League. And he just called me one day and was just like, hey, you know, I loved it out here, but I have to move home. My, my girlfriend's moving back to Canada. I want to move back with her. Do you want this job? Uh, I said, sure. I interviewed with them the next day. I got my visa and all my flight stuff the next day. And I was yeah. out there two weeks later. So it all happened really quickly. But you know, just being able to go out to Australia and enjoying their summer there when it was winter back in Philadelphia. I mean, that was enjoyable in itself getting 90 to 100 degree weather and living near a beach. But, you know, just being able to travel and drive along the Great Ocean Road and, you know, visit Sydney and visit Perth and visit Canberra and visit Brisbane and Adelaide. I mean, it was it was a really special experience. My, my family came out to visit me for two and a half weeks. And uh, it's something that we'll remember for a long, long time. So with the Australian Baseball League, uh, you got to travel. It wasn't just home games. Uh, I did just home games, but I did my fair share of traveling because I didn't know when the next time or if ever I'd be able to go out to Australia. So I tried to make it count. It's the same way when I go to Philadelphia. You know, I never know when I'll be back there. I got to hit all the cheesesteak places. You do. Uh, but uh, what's your favorite? Um, it's let's see here. I put you on the spot. I well, know, I'm sorry. There's I, I know I've been to Pat and Gino's, but there's another one. Uh it on south street downtown is it Jim's? i want to say it's, it's south um towards south philly and okay. it's open till every hour I, i'd have to look, <laughs> because i was going to go with a friend of mine to like pat and gino's he's oh well you know everybody goes there there's another one that's uh better and i forgot there's one that's right across the street from hagen arena where St. Joe's is that's really yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's uh, I think that's Abner's, which is also a really good spot. So, um, but uh, uh, anyway, no, I so I've been, uh, you know, uh, okay, I found it right here. Uh, the one I really like, Phillips Steaks. Phil's is good. That, that's a good steak. Your, your okay. friend taught your friend taught you well. Yes, I, I have I have found it. So people think I'm crazy when I take pictures of my of where I eat food, and I had it right here in my camera, so I was able to to. Uh, to find it uh but no what a tremendous experience that you really have called baseball all over the globe and you know we think about pcl travel going everywhere from fresno to tacoma to uh you know for for many years new orleans and places like that and des moines well that's nothing compared to Colombia and japan and taiwan and and australia for you so uh 
your background, I mean, you've been, uh, you know, within the United States, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, and then where were you? Uh, Ogden, was it? Were you in the? You in the- no, I was in I- Idaho Falls. Okay, close so. enough. Close enough. Yeah, somewhere in the Pioneer League. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I've just, I've been at it for a while. Um, I actually, I remember meeting you for the first time when I was an intern with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs back in 2010, where they had the AAA All-Star game there. Uh, calling that game was Matt Providence, John Schaefer, and Tim Grubbs. And you yeah. just happened to be traveling <laughs> out there and taking in the festivities. You gave me your business card and we had a nice 10 minute conversation. So yeah, that, that was my first spot. I was an intern for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs for two years, uh, growing up outside of philadelphia it's about a 35 minute drive from my house uh then i uh, spent a summer in the frontier league with the gateway grizzlies as their number two broadcaster uh two years with the huntsville stars double a affiliate for the milwaukee brewers uh then a year uh working uh in media relations and as a broadcast assistant for the oakland athletics yeah i figured at the age of 25 i was developing some bad habits broadcasting and who better to learn from to get the good habits than vince catronio and ken korak i mean they're among the best in the business and just worked every home game and, and tried to get better and learn from them. Then I went out to Australia and enjoyed that season with the Melbourne Aces and, and came back and just wanted to start fresh. Uh, a season in the Pioneer League, as you said, rookie ball, the Idaho Falls Chuckers, rookie league affiliate for the Kansas City Royals. Then two years with the Bowling Green Hot Rods, the low A Midwest League affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. And now my third year with the Iowa Cubs. So I've hit rookie ball, I've hit single A, I've hit double A, I've hit triple A. Uh, one more level left, and it's the hardest level to get to. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, where that takes me. But, yeah, I've just uh, been at it for a bit. I've seen a bunch of different places, time zones, and different levels of baseball. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. I know you uh, had a stint with the uh, uh, working in the front office or an association with the uh, with the A's. And, uh, you know, mentioned Huntsville. They're going to get a new uh, – uh, team as well uh, over in Madison, same area, a, a new stadium there. And uh, I'll segue to that a little bit. Uh, you know, Iowa has such a, a steep and long AAA tradition, uh, a team that uh, we were all supposed to see uh, this year, although Fresno was not scheduled to go there this year, but uh, uh, Wichita and a new ballpark there. And I really, really feel for, uh, I mean, you feel for all the franchises, of course, but especially for Wichita, or for Rocket City or these new stadiums in Fredericksburg, Virginia, or, or Kannapolis that are getting new ballparks and uh, all the work our friend Tim Grubbs did uh, and his staff, the staff with whom he works, uh, advertising, radio, you name it, uh, new ballpark. And boy, right now, just unfortunately, uh, nothing. Yeah, it's just, you you know, Tim Grubbs, he's one of the, the, the happiest, kindest people that you'll meet. And, you know, you hear him still being able to maintain a positive attitude. And I think that's what the staff of Wichita is doing. Yeah, Tim has, been, has posted some pictures of the ballpark. It looks spectacular. So when baseball does resume, you know, hopefully being able to go out there uh, with fans and seeing what the fan atmosphere is in a new ballpark in Wichita that has had professional baseball uh, there for 50 years. I mean, they were in the American Association Independent Ball. Well, people don't realize Independent Ball is professional baseball because the players are getting paid. And, yeah, they were the Wichita Wignuts, and they still drew big crowds in a much older stadium there. Now they're AAA baseball. They're affiliated. They have a new ballpark. I can't wait to see uh, what crowds will be like there. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough to have some great ballparks in 
uh, the PCL. I have not been to Las Vegas yet. You have, but that, that ballpark looks tremendous. And, you know, just with those two new stadiums being added to the, the, the already great sceneries in the Pacific coast league. I mean, it, it's a great league to be in and see baseball. in. yeah, the, the Vegas ballpark uh, is just, uh, there are no words to describe how amazing that place is. And it's almost like you're going to a new city uh, when you're going out to, to Vegas and that whole uh, setup. And as I said, Fresno, uh, was not scheduled to play at Wichita this year, but we had Tim Grubbs on uh, yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I love the name of the stadium, Riverfront, right next to the Arkansas River, and uh, sounds uh, like a tremendous setup uh, there. So uh, you got – I know you're an East Coast guy, but uh, what was it like to go to school at Indiana? What was it like to, to see games at Assembly Hall? It was awesome. Uh, yeah, my, my college process at that point in my life was just uh, I want to go to a big school, a big sports school, a Big Ten school, yeah, a, a party school, one that had uh, an easy uh, application. Yeah, the Indiana application took three minutes. It was the first school I got into. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who I played baseball with. It was two years older than me. Said, hey, come out and visit. I did. It was 75 degrees in March when I came out. Uh, it, it just sold me on it and, and just going there for four years and it just enjoying the, the college campus. I mean, there are there are so many colleges now. I had friends growing up in the Philadelphia area that went to Penn, that went to Pitt, that are downtown city colleges. You know, went to Temple and those are great. But I always wanted to go to a college town and that's what Bloomington, Indiana is. And the mystique of Assembly Hall and Bob Knight, I mean, you could feel it. It was palpable. Uh, unfortunately for me, Doug, I went to Indiana University during the worst four years in the men's basketball program history. It was the whole Kelvin Sampson, 531 impermissible phone call era. Uh, I had one winning season when I was in Bloomington for the Indiana Hoosiers men's basketball team. So that is my unfortunate claim to fame out there that I was personally responsible for the worst era of Indiana men's basketball uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. Well, it's crazy. And I don't, I don't think they're going to pin that one on you, but what, what was crazy is that I've been to Bloomington once and slash I've seen one uh, basketball game. There it was uh, 2008. I, what, what year did you get out of Indiana? Uh, 2011. Oh. You were probably there when I was there. 2008 was my freshman. Yeah. Okay. So it was February of 08. I was there and uh, packed place and I was sitting underneath where all those championship banners are still a good seat and it was a great game and uh, maybe not for the Hoosiers but uh, Wisconsin made a shot at the buzzer to win by two Brian Butch Brian Butch I was back to three yeah I I was I was there I guess you were too yep I was uh first row of the upper deck and uh I knew it when he left his hand that it would go in and my my best friend from high school uh, who was actually still uh, also a sports journalist, uh, Stephen Watson. He works for WISN News in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He went to he went to the University of Wisconsin at the time, and uh, he called me for about two hours straight just to rub that loss in my face. I, I did not answer the phone call, but I remember that day very vividly. Well, what was also significant of that day was that was the day that the NCAA announced its uh, sanctions on Indiana. Correct. And I'm dr- literally driving on the IU campus listening to Kelvin Sampson speak at this press conference. I think, how crazy is this? I happened to be there that day on campus listening when this story broke and then going to a game uh, uh, that night. And I forget who the, the, uh, the men's basketball SID was, but here was probably a nightmare kind of day for him. But I remember he left me a credential for the game 
and still have the time to show me around Assembly Hall. And I, I'm embarrassed I forgot his name, but he's a really nice guy. Was it, J, was it J.D. Campbell? Uh, you know what? I, I honestly couldn't remember the name. Um, but it's either J.D. Campbell or Jeremy Gray. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I, re- I remember that day very vividly. Um, I worked for the student radio station at the time, and that's something that we obviously talked about for quite some time. So it was a pretty somber feeling in, in Bloomington, Indiana for – I mean, it wasn't just that day, but they really skidded uh, the rest of the year. I mean, they were number six in the country at one point. Then they were an eight seed in the NCAA tournament, and they lost to an Arkansas team with Sonny Weems and Patrick Beverly. So I, I remember that stretch of Indiana basketball like it was yesterday. And, uh, yeah, my only, as I said, my only time uh, uh, in Bloomington, I'd love to get back and uh, and uh, see another game uh, there. All right, so you're a Philly guy, and when uh, what will you be able to uh, later in life look back upon saying, man, I can rest easy now because of the following which will be easier for you to digest the fact eagles winning the eagles winning the super okay Bowl. <laughs> very good that's what i was going to ask because you've had two things in your lifetime that have occurred in terms of the major pro sports there one is the the phillies winning a world series and the eagles winning a super bowl so you've answered that one that's what i was yes. gonna see I, I think more people more people would would tend to say the eagles than the Phillies, so you know, and both were equally as important to the city. But uh, I was actually at the Super Bowl that the Eagles won uh, in Minnesota. It was only a three and a half hour drive from Des Moines, and uh, just football with my family. My grandpa was a was an Eagles season ticket holder for uh, three decades, and he gave up the seats when he moved down to Florida when they were in the new stadium, and he had just passed away a year before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it was a uh, it was a pretty emotional. Uh, time for my family he was the patriarch of our family just we were diehard Eagles fans we were always big time Phillies fans I mean I used to listen to Harry Callis uh every game you know for the Phillies so Phillies and Eagles have always been my two teams that I've always rooted for but just at that time and the Eagles drought and what it meant to the city and being there in Minnesota it that that probably takes the cake for me yeah that's that seems the uh to uh, be the big uh, the big answer among Philly uh, my friends from Philly I'll leave you this, Alex. I ask this for everyone. Uh, you know, we all live for playing or broadcasting the nine innings, but there's so much more around the uh, the setup for the game. There's the talking to the scouts. There's the preparation. There's the travel. Maybe a late night meal after a game, um, sleeping till noon. Uh, whatever it is, <laughs> it's part of the routine. Well, the sleeping till noon is my routine. What do you, aside from broadcasting, what do you miss the most right now about not being able to be at the ballpark? Doug, I miss getting a tri-tip sandwich with you. Thank you. I, uh, you I, I, yeah. I, I, I miss hanging out with the broadcasters. I mean, it is, it's a fraternity. I mean, we've all had our various treks to get to the PCL, but we have one thing in common, just broadcasting AAA baseball and trying to get up to the big leagues and, and just having, you know, 16 or more broadcasters that fit into that niche. And we're all in this together. It is it's a small fraternity and I'm really lucky to, to, to call you a friend and call all the other broadcasters a friend and uh, just being able to catch up with you guys at, at the respective locations, whether it's at Fresno and getting a tri-tip sandwich or getting a tenderloin uh, here in Iowa. I mean, it's, um, it, I miss you guys. I mean, that's, that's definitely what I miss most. Yeah. Well, we miss you too. All the guys and just the whole setup from the afternoon lunch to the, even the 4am wake up calls, but getting on the plane, going to sleep, sing a new city or sing a, you know, different ballpark and, uh, and just, it's all the friendships and the friendships expand beyond the, 
broadcasters, as I say, the scouts, the players, coaches, everybody. Alex, great catching up with you. And uh, let's, uh, first of all, stay healthy and uh, good health to you and your family and the iCubs family and Tesla and everybody. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, play ball soon. Doug, I really appreciate the time. Stay safe. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be able to talk under better circumstances soon. All right, our guest on our uh, baseball broadcasters talking baseball, Alex Cohn of the Iowa Cubs.